Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Last evening, we received a call in regards to a woman that had been found on a pathway. And once police arrived and paramedics did everything they could to save this woman's life, she unfortunately succumbed to her injuries on scene. Obviously, we've been quick to try to close the area down and find out what else happened leading to the end of this woman's life. We have made an arrest well, just weeks after Peel Police launched their intimate partner violence unit, Peel Police uh, find themselves again investigating the murder, this time of a 64-year-old woman who, as you just heard there, was found bloodied and traumatized Wednesday night on a trail in a Brampton park. And apparently she was out for a walk at the time, according to police, with her husband, when witnesses reported seeing some kind of altercation between the couple. And then her body was found a short time later. And her husband, Jarnell Rendawa, is now facing a charge of first-degree murder. And Brampton, certainly not the only city uh, to see a surge of domestic violence cases. But when you look at the stats from 2019, each day they were averaging 50 calls a day for domestic violence. And of all their murders in 2019, 40% were domestic killings. And we don't have data yet for 2021, but we do know the problem has gotten a lot worse because of the lockdown measures coming into place. Let me bring Neka McGregor into this conversation. She's co-founder and executive director of Women's Center for Social Justice. Good to have you. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here. And here we are again talking about, um, you know, a, a woman killed at the hands of a partner in, you know, we don't have a lot of the details of what caused it, but we have just been hearing about these off, over and over again, and yet, um, you know, they're not getting the attention that they normally would outside of a pandemic. Agreed. I completely agreed. I'm not, I'm not sure, really, at this stage, what people need to hear in order for them to start taking this seriously. And when I talk about people, I'm, I'm thinking not just the men who perpetrate the violence, but the broader community, the broader society, because this type of violence does not happen in a vacuum. It doesn't ha happen in, in isolation. It's a community-impacted type of violence, and it really does require community-impacted action. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure, like all the others, we will learn in time that there were warning signs, that there were, you know, plenty of signals, that there was trouble, and yet we always seem to tell the story after the fact. And we're even telling you this story after police in Peel region have actually launched a, a program to deal with it because it's become such an issue. Right, right. And I, I, I really do admire the, um, the collaboration between Peel Regional Police and the Safe Centre of Peel because I think it, that is a, a sort of a community-engaged in, initiative. That was only launched last month, right? It was only launched in May. And I understand that there's a lot of public awareness that needs to go out before people learn about it and are able to sort of reach out and get involved. But even with initiatives like this, I think we need to be asking a, a, a deeper, more fundamental question about why men 
feel that they have the right to take their partner's life in times of stress and crisis. I, we need to be asking why this is sort of the, the, the trajectory that they choose to take as opposed to going out and seeking help. I think that part of the, the challenge is when a lot of focus is placed on women to leave violent relationships without understanding that women can't really be held uh, kept safe unless their partners are um, supported, right? We know, we know that the point of separation is one of the most dangerous times for women when they are leaving. So right. when society says to women, you know, why don't you leave? And she leaves. The reality is that that's the, the time when her her health and her, her life is at most most risk. So for us, when we talk about what needs to happen, it really needs to, to focus on how to get these men the types of help that they need, because that's the only way women are going to be safe, is when the, the men who are the ones who are killing them have the types of support that they need. Right. And yet it has uh, been, I think, much more complicated during the lockdown measures. It's just not getting documented because everybody's attention is on a pandemic. And so we know that there have been spikes in these cases. Maybe not every woman has been killed, but certainly there have been many, many more incidents reported. We know that helplines have been um, receiving many, many more calls. And, you know, when you're in a lockdown and you're a woman trying to escape at the best of times, it's, as you say, it's almost impossible. But in a pandemic, it's it's literally where do they go? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, part of the challenge is that we we know, because this is the work we've been doing, that the, <clears throat> the violence against women, this gendered based violence has been its own pandemic for you know hundreds of years. We know that there are, when people talk about intersectionality, that there are certain communities who are really, really deeply impacted. But for example, indigenous women, um, black mm. women, and, and the ability to reach out and get support is complicated, right? Because there are systems that are in place that actually are not very, very supportive. The criminal legal system is one. We can have a whole conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the reality is that when you combine multiple pandemics, like gender-based violence, COVID-19, racism, it, it really exponentially increases the risk to women's health, exponentially. And as you said, when women are unable to go out, to physically leave their, their homes, to go and seek support, when uh, frontline organizations are inundated, they are buckling under the weight of, of demand and requests for support, what are women supposed to do? What are women yeah. supposed to do? Yeah, especially with schools closed, you know, services closed down, and, you know, it is, everyone's exhausted. Uh, have you got any data from 2020 or 2021 as to where the, the, the um, you know, the violence has risen to? Yeah, well, so I'm a, I'm a part of the Canadian Femicide Observatory for Justice and Accountability that's spearheaded by the incredible Nana Dawson. And we, in March, published our 2020 report that it's Canada-wide, and it, it showed that 160, 160 women and girls were murdered in 2020. And of that 160 women, um, 90% of where, where the perpetrator was identified, 90% of the, the perpetrators were men. So mm-hmm. I, I have to put it out there. I have to say this because people constantly ask, 
you know, what about when it happened? What about when women are violent? What about the reality is the reason why we call it gendered is because the overwhelming amount of the violence is committed by male identified individuals. And an overwhelming number of the victims of these crimes are female women identified. So it is a gendered issue. So in, in and just, 2020, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. In, tw- in 2020, with 160 um, women and girls murdered across Canada, that's, think about it, that's for every two and a half days, one woman is, is, is murdered. Every two and a half days, one family loses a loved one, right? And this violence is senseless. It is preventable. It is avoidable. But every two and a half days in this country, a woman is murdered by an intimate partner, overwhelmingly by an intimate partner. And the, the stats that we had for um, 2020, it was about 41% of the women who were murdered were murdered by a current or former spouse, a, form, a former partner. So women know these people. Women know these men who are killing them. So how, how do we, again, as a society, rally around to figure out a way to keep women and girls safe? It is it is. It is unfathomable that we are living in an age in a country where there is access and opportunity. And still, every two and a half days, a family is in mourning because some man has killed a a, a woman. Yeah, it's the pandemic. It's just more of that collateral damage, as they call it, in this pandemic. And uh, nonetheless, I know Peel's got this program and hopefully uh, other jurisdictions pick it up because it's clearly needed. Neko, we will talk again. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Alex, and take care. That is uh, Neka McGregor. She's a co-founder and executive director of Women's Center for Social Justice. And sadly, it will not be the last time we tell you this kind of story um, because it's just happening that often.